It's Po Boys. Po Boys. Thought about doing a joke about that. No. No, no, no. We're about the boys. I think we should just get right into it because depending on how long this goes, it might just end up being its own thing and I'll cut the episode in half, maybe. I don't know. Oh yeah, this episode might be an hour. It's gonna be a bit much. Last week, we got an email. Sarah, thank you kindly, emailed us. Congratulations on being Cowboy of the Week. Yes, huge Um, congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, Your sticker is en route. Sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, we sent it. I think you're from Chicago. (laughs) So I sent it to Michael Jordan. And um, we're just going to do that. Sure, sure. Yeah. I do, so. We do have a lot of stickers if you want a sticker. Uh, they're all over my house. I use them in bookmarks, and I read a lot of things at once, and they're they're everywhere. Oh, cool. They're reading, everywhere. Reading flex. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes, all right? I said... What, what is this episode about? I said last week, in honor of the first email, and the contents of that email, hashtag Raylo, that I would write Raylo fanfiction uh-huh. to celebrate this great occasion and so i sat down on saturday it's monday as we record this and i poured my heart and soul onto the page as i'm a published author thank you for asking peter and um, i'm not all right i'm i do not like i do not like how this escalated thank you for asking peter and i wrote rail fan fiction and i'm very excited to show it to you um i'm not yeah pete hasn't read it yet but it's a script though it's mostly stage direction but there's dialogue in there, and we put a poll out. So, so many people voted as to whether Pete should be Kylo and I should be Ray, or Pete should be Ray and I should be Kylo, and it was exactly split down the middle. Apparently, Pete voted twice. I don't know how a personal Twitter account to vote for, so I can't speak to that. Don't know how it ended up how or what. Um, I pulled the I wrote it card, and I don't want to do the work of doing a British voice. Though you don't really have to do a British voice if you don't want to, but whatever. I, he's not a British voice. What? Anyway, let's not get into it. Okay. So, Josh, um, you your background is in storytelling. Um, you, um, I think we've talked about this a couple times. Um, we're an English major. We have a couple stories that are um, have been published before. Mm-hmm. And how would you rank what you have written with what you have actually been published? Is this better than or much better than? your um stories it's, it's less scary uh i'll i'll just say i've been fascinated by the Raylo fandom i still don't consider myself a Raylo. if that oh, is no a, you're definitely a Raylo after t- after today well you'll see anybody that it, anybody that writes seven pages <laughs> seven pages seven pages of Raylo fan fiction is in Raylo club all right in my defense it is single spaced um single spaced <laughs> I'm gonna be here forever. I love. I, lo- uh, I think the real people are fun. I think they're fun. It's not necessarily what I want to see happen, but it's fun, and I enjoy going on the journey. I had a very dumb idea for what I wanted it to be, and I started typing it on Saturday, thinking it would be very hard work. And then I woke up from a fugue state like an hour later, and what was before me was uh, something else. I haven't proofread it yet, 
Uh, it's too raw, too emotional. But I guess um, we're just going to dive in, and I'm um, going to be talking for a long time before Pete has a line. But Let's not... Um, as you know, listeners, um, we have some theatric chops to our names. Yes. Um, uh, we did Po' Boy Theater. Mm-hmm. Famously. And then, and then we did Po' Boy Theater again. Mm-hmm. And again and again and again. And um, this is like Po' Boy Theater, but this is actually taking Josh's work. This is not yeah. our theatrical take on Star Wars material. This is right. putting um, Josh's original material out there. And it's my, you know, I have to feel the character, okay? Yes. So, yes. what and you're so about to be what, clear, you are Ray. What you're about to hear is not Pete and Josh. Right. It's Ray. Um, and, and, Ka- and Kylo. All right. So. And Kylo. Um. So. And this just is so this just is, so you're aware, okay? It's not Daisy Ridley. It's not Adam Driver. All right. They have yes. no idea that we're doing this right now. And when they find um, out, they're going to be very happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, okay. So without further ado, I give you Untitled Raylo Project. <laughs> Ray, a capable young woman, sits alone in her decade-plus-old maroon sedan parked on a side street not far from Uncle Plutt's pawn shop. It was a rare day, a once-in-a-lifetime day. She'd gone in with a number in mind for the goods she scavenged together, expecting to actually receive much less and had actually gotten a tiny bit more. Just enough that she couldn't roll her eyes immediately and dismiss her yearning for some small reward, some small pick-me-up. Ray looks out at the abandoned buildings in the neighborhood, old factories and industrial buildings hidden behind raggedy chain-link fences, their windows long since bashed out. When she'd been at the orphanage, before that ever-encroaching threat of freedom and responsibility that is legal adulthood, She'd heard tell of other old factory neighborhoods being turned into all sorts of things. Restaurants, apartments, places for young people, places for families. That hadn't happened here, but she wasn't sure she wanted it to. She wasn't sure she would have a place in all of that. A milkshake. Finally, she decided to treat herself to a milkshake. She'd run through the drive-thru and make it home with enough time that it would still be thick and cold when she sat down on the stoop and looked out at the stars before bed. How long had it been since she'd been through a drive-thru? She turns the key and the engine roars to life with a low, aggressive putter. She'd managed to save the carburetor the previous weekend, though it had taken all of her limited free time. She felt like she could hear her handiwork in the growl of the old dinosaur. She would never take it out on the interstate, but there was a comfort to be found in its quirks and flaws. Ray pulls up to the parking lot of The First Order, a small fast-food franchise priding itself on its 24-hour service and all-day breakfast. Outside, there are pockets of college kids, maybe even high schoolers. They have dinners and milkshakes and sodas and spotless jackets and hats. Their cars don't even have carburetors. They are something else entirely. They are not a part of Ray's world, nor she a part of theirs. Ray is glad she'll be going through the drive-thru rather than waving, having to wade through their ilk. Ray pulls in behind a few cars in the drive-thru, red brake lights shining in her face. She zones out, puttering forward foot by foot as each car in front of her places their order. She shouldn't be here. She should not be doing this. She should tuck away the extra few bucks for another day. This isn't how people succeed, how people feed themselves, how people rise above their station and make a better life for themselves. This was waste, squander. What was she doing? What was she thinking? She didn't need a milkshake. She moves to pull out of the drive-thru line. Welcome to the first order. 
What do you want? It's her turn to order. She'd arrived at the receiver without realizing it. She hadn't even cranked her window down. What do you want? The muffled male voice catches her entirely off guard. What did she want? This is not a question often lobbed her way. This is not a question she often considers. For a moment, it stuns her. Friends, a family, a minute to catch my breath. Can I take your order or what? Ray snaps out of it and feverishly cranks down her window, speaking out of the widening gap. Sorry! Sorry! It's been a long day! Sorry! You're not alone. The days aren't short here either. Not alone? What did he know about alone? He'd spoken to more people in the last ten minutes than she had all day. What was she doing here? I... I'd, I'd like a milkshake! What? I'd like a milkshake, please. What flavor? What size? Uh, the smallest size? A small? Sure, yes, yes, a small, please. This was a mistake. She should have saved the money. She should save the money. There was still time, time to cut and run. She wasn't even hungry. She was fine. Everything was fine. She did not need a milkshake. What flavor? Uh, what flavors are there? She's still flustered. She can feel the new cash in her pocket evaporating, setting off some elusive fiscal chain reaction back to the meager savings she had stowed away at home. Chocolate. Vanilla. Strawberry. Peanut butter. Coffee. Caramel. Banana. Banana peanut butter. Side note, is this really what we're doing? Yep. Uh, back, back to seeing... <laughs> Uh, is there a cheapest flavor? It's a small milkshake, lady. They're all two dollars. Done. She's done. You know what? Not everyone has two dollars to throw away in a milkshake. Not everyone gets money from their parents to throw every, every away every Friday at some stupid Palmas Rude restaurant like it's nothing. If I got two dollars, I earned it. My two dollars worth two hundred of yours. And if my two dollars are nothing to you or the first order, they'll take them elsewhere. She is fuming. This is such a mistake. She should be in bed now. Her cash tucked away, safe for a rainy day. Building up to something, anything. She grips the wheel and begins to turn out of the drive through lane. Wait. She almost doesn't hear him, but the garbled nonsense just catches her ear. What? Wait. You're right. What? You're right. My parents gave me money every weekend to go out, to buy things, nothings. You're right, if, if it's any consolation, it didn't make me happy. It did feel worthless. I believe you, about your two dollars. I believe you. It must be nice to have parents. To have parents who care about you and give you money. She's coming down from her torrent, but she's not ready to quash her fury, to let him go. Had... Oh. There. I left them. I'm no son of theirs. Not anymore. I'm my own man. You left them? They weren't good for me. They weren't good for the world. Being their son meant being weak. Being their son meant being $200 that couldn't stand up to the value of two bucks. Ray sits in nonplussed silence. To have parents. To have a family and leave them. She felt her rage blowing again. I cannot believe you would leave your family.
You wouldn't understand. I knew what I had to do. What I have to do. I did it, and I'm doing it. Working for the First Order? Being my own man. Forging my own path. Being the kind of person the world actually needs, for better or worse. Not being the soft boy my parents were making me. Not becoming one of these teenage idiots squandering their time and their parents' money every Friday night in front of a fast food restaurant. I'm my parents left me a long time ago. If they came back, I would have them back. I could never, uh, 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 I'm alone. Just because your parents aren't with you doesn't mean you're alone. You're not alone. Ray stares at the receiver, transfixed. This boy, this man, this voice. He was, he was not like them. He was nothing like them. He was not like any of the <clears throat> vapid nobodies drifting through their effortless lives out front either. Which made them more alike than she cared to admit. More alike than she'd felt herself and anyone else were in... Meep! A car horn blares violently behind Ray. She sees in her rearview mirror a line wrapping around the restaurant. The first beep is quickly joined by what seems like a dozen others. A flood of aggravated horns. Pull around, please! She jerks the car forward a few feet in surprise, then gathers herself together and cruises forward slowly to the window around the corner, the horns subsiding as cars behind her is finally able to pull to the receiver. She sees the light from inside the restaurant flooding out into the night through the window. He is waiting for her there. She can feel it, can sense it. She finds herself gripping the steering wheel fiercely, even as the car moves forward inches at a time. That voice, hidden behind that dingy, beat-up old speaker, masked to her, to the world. What lurked behind it? What did someone so seemingly like her look like? Ray reaches the window and slams on the brakes, nervous, surprised, spinning. The face of the voice is somber, long as if exhausted from just the sort of unending days they commiserated over. His eyes are dark and they pierce through her. His lips, pouty, full. Looking at them makes her suddenly aware of her own lips. She opens the window and the wind sweeps inside sheepishly, just tussling his shining black locks. Hello. Hi. My name is Be my my name is Kylo. Right. They stare at each other for a long moment. Ray looks like no one Kylo has ever known has ever associated with or dreamed of associating with. He has lived and abandoned a life she could never dream of touching the hem of. She looks like the life he should have had, like someone raised in fire, someone dropped into the forge at birth and possessed of a severe poise sufficient to allow them to burn forever and never crumble into ash. Her eyes strip him of everything, of his logoed First Order polo, of the high-riding pants it's tucked into, of the grease and stink of the First Order, of his past, of his future, of his names. They are spotlights that leave him naked, even if she cannot tell. Or, or can she? Ray begins to reach into her pocket. I guess I, uh, <laughs> owe you two dollars? No. The word is sharp, almost harsh. She feels as if she's being attacked. Or perhaps defended? No, that won't be necessary. We get free meals on shift, and I had a big lunch. Kylo reveals a milkshake. A large milkshake. You didn't tell me a flavor. I picked strawberry. I... People... People seem to like strawberry. Kylo reaches his hand out of the window, out into the world, out towards her. A gift. A gift for her. The first in... She does not even know how long. Without thinking, without deciding, she finds her own hand reaching out of the car, feels the light 
of the, feels the night air on her skin as she reaches towards the milkshake, towards him. She can feel the cold of the milkshake and her fingertips draw closer to his. Closer. Closer. She grasps the milkshake, her hand around the bottom of the cup, his clutching the top. Her heart is racing, pounding. Something awakens in her, something that has been long ignored since before her earliest awareness of it. Out of necessity, out of obligation, something she cannot allow herself. They look into each other's eyes, lost somewhere far away, somewhere otherwise unattainable. But even without seeing it, she knows her index finger is but a twitch from his pinky, a sturdy bastion of warm flesh against the cold of the milkshake in the night. A twitch away. A twitch she feels coming. Kylo! A voice bellows from inside the restaurant, and Kylo's hand squeezes tight around the milkshake, sending the contents of the cup erupting out of the top onto Ray's hand. When the frosty treat touches her skin, she flinches and drops the cup down onto the pavement below, where it lays in a red mess. Yes, Manager Snoke. Snoke emerges into the window, a vision of horror, of authority, <clears throat> of gates Ray is not allowed to look at, yet alone pass through. He wears a gaudy gold dress shirt and sizes too large, his face riddled with pockmarks, his teeth snarling and haggard. He smacks Kylo across the back of the head. Kylo seethes and whimpers. He no longer looks at Ray. Instead, glaring off at something dark and unknowable, unseen by all others. What are you doing? There's a light around the building! People are leaving! Snoke glares at Ray from the window. You! What do you want? That question again. No, not a question. A condescension. A threat. I... Are you causing trouble with the customers, boy? No, no manager. I only... Kylo glances at Rey one more time, now someone different, someone further from her and closer to the rest of them. Closer, but not entirely. This, this crazy woman is causing trouble. She put in a ridiculous order and she won't pay for it. She doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know what she wants. Oh, Kylo, Rey thinks. There's a second of the sting of betrayal. Less is immediately replaced by a sorrow, a pity. Why are you doing this, Kylo? Why aren't you pretending? This is not who you are. This is not who who we are. I see. Ma'am, perhaps you'd like to come inside and resolve whatever issues you have with First Order. Customer service is a priority here. His face is scarred deeper than the skin. And when he looks at Ray, when he beckons her inside, she can see it. She can smell it. This is bad. This is wrong. All wrong. Ray takes one last look at Kylo, who meets her eyes for but a moment before whipping them away, shirking down in front of Snoke. Ray rips her car out of the drive-through lane and cruises off into the night. In her rearview mirror, she sees the window, the light glaring out into the night, the boy, the man, Kylo, staring after her. Long after the image, no, more than an image, leaves her mirror, it persists in her mind. She parks in the front of her building, surprised to find herself catching her breath. She feels the cash in her pocket. She feels the melted shake growing sticky on her hand. She feels something else. Something new and dark and familiar. She feels him staring through the night, staring at her from the window. Through her cracked, smudgy windshield, she stares back. The end. Um, so if that's what happens whenever we get an email, never send us emails again. Alright? Never listen, Sarah. Alright. Um, or anybody, do not send us emails. I like, you may, listeners... I really should have let you do all the dialogue. Listeners, you, you love that, I'm sure. But me, I knew it was seven pages. I hope so. 
and I'm like, is this over? And I'm like, ugh. And then, is it over now? And then it's like, nope. Nope. All right, so, you know what? Um, new policy. Don't send us emails, all right? All right? Um, oh, my gosh. That's what Raylo is to you? I don't know. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess everybody out there listening, you're welcome. And yes, I know. Thank you. Hold for um, applause. Hold for applause. That's what people... Pete, I know you're downplaying how great that little thing was. People are going to love it and you know it. Oh, you cut out the part where I just complained? Alright. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's always interesting to see, like, what parts of the episode I cut out of you, and what parts you cut out of me. I, it has been a very long time since I've cut out anything. Well, I, I don't edit that much. Uh-huh, I cut out a lot. Because I don't like to. Yeah, I cut out a lot. Anyway. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Anyway, so, speaking of... So that was my Raylo fanfic. I'm very proud of it. It felt very good to write it and nice to read it. And we bungled a few lines here and there, but overall, no, no, no. That I'm, was, I'm pretty that happy was, with it. Um, at the discretion of the actor, as you know, um, a lot of no, no, I, I, I messed up some lines, but oh, because I adapted some lines. Um, I don't know if you realize that. I, I could tell that you messed up. I, I yeah. took some creative liberties um, at various points. So I saw the script. I saw what I, the director wanted me to do, and then I went in a different direction based off of how I was feeling that my character, Ray, um, would have reacted at that drive-in. So, um, uh, okay. if, you thought that I, I'm pretty if you thought that I was fumbling it, it was actually um, something that I added to make it more authentic. So, thank you so much for thinking I did that. Yeah, whatever you say. There's uh, somebody we recently followed on Twitter, and they followed us back, at Derpy underscore Mommy. They do Raylo fan art. They take commissions. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to hit them up and see if they'll be willing to do one about this. Um, hey, if you're listening to this episode, charge him a hand and a fist, because he deserves it. <laughs> I just want... Kyle Ray reaching out with that milkshake, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Ray reaching out to touch the Peanut butter oh, milkshake. Um, chocolate milkshake. Realize... <laughs> cookies and cream milkshake. Can we just get to Star Wars Resistance, please? Sure, sure. But I did realize after I wrote through the first pass that it wasn't romantic at all, so I did have to go back and inject some romance. So, yeah, I clearly... I may be missing out on Raylo. That being said... Raylo's gotten pretty out there. There's some stuff where she's like a witch and he's like a Puritan. And there's one where he's a Victorian doctor who is weird stuff. And, you know. How, what so, are you talking about? Like, I'm paying on, attention to Raylo. Yeah, fanfic. we're on the same Twitter account. I, I know. You, How have you not seen this? I haven't any of seen this? any of this. <laughs> Dude, these Raylo folks are great. How are you, like. We literally have we have the same Twitter account. We access the same Twitter account, I'm, and you're like, we truly do. I am don't I just have a like Twitter glazing account. over this? Like, I'm not more than I'm likely. not seeing any of this whatsoever. Like the last thing I saw, yeah. like my Twitter today was like, oh, John Boyega is the only one that's tweeting anything in the Star Wars cast, and then it's you, like, what you're doing Harry Potter Raylo fanfic or whatever. 
Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so that was great. Well, thank you, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. Never Um, happening again. Yeah. Unless we get an email, I I guess, but don't send us an email. We'll see. We'll see. Depending on what the next email is, you know, I might be inspired to do something Here's some Rose fan fiction where she she reads a book, and then somebody comes (laughs) to the door and is like, hey, is this your package? And then she's like, no, that was my the person that lived in this apartment beforehand. They haven't done a change of address. Nobody can find putting me. On my, Nobody can find me. Where's Rose? Where's Rose? Putting on my writer hat, though. Oh, um, that was so bad. Rose would be reading, and someone would come and knock on the door, and it would be a UPS man, and it would be Finn, and he would be delivering a package, and the package would be addressed to Paige Tico, her recently deceased. Oh, my gosh. No, no. So I was I, joking. I, I was joking. We are not. That. We are not. We, we are not acting stuff together. No, no, no. Um, that was a joke. Stop adding to my story. Stop adding to my story. I don't Stop think it. that you have the emotional capacity to play Rose in that, but I don't know that you have the emotional capacity to play a UPS delivery man okay, either. Okay, so Josh. So I might just be. So, I'll just do that on my listen, own. Josh, unlike you, okay, Josh, unlike you, I've listened to the episode eight audiobook. All right. I would do a much better rose. I listen to a I would do a much better it. rose, okay? Because I would have a powerful rose. That's not this weak, like, oh no, my sister's dead. Oh no, blah blah blah. I would do. I would. I would. I would act so well. I would act the crap out of mm. rose. Everybody would be like, oh, that guy's rose is so sick. Anyway. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess. No. I'll... All right. Uh, All right. So. Do not email us under no circumstances. <laughs> Otherwise, Josh is writing some Rose fanfic, so... Yeah, come on, guys. I got real things to write. I can't be spending all my time on fanfic that I never wrote before. Um, alright, so I guess I got everything I need to say about that out of the way. Fans are loving this, Pete. Our fans are loving it. I don't know why you're being such a, such a sourpuss about it. Um, Season 2, Episode 3, I just gotta DVR them all now, because... Look, it airs on Disney. It airs on Disney XD, and it airs on Disney, so I don't get why I can't see it on demand or in the Disney app. Because, yes, I don't have Disney XD, but I have Disney on cable, so why doesn't that extend to the Disney Now app? It, um, actually, Whatever. it worked on Disney Now. No, not for me. For me, it was locked. Um, we talked about this. Yeah, I was able to access it at 7, 10 Eastern on the app. Yeah, I know. You, you texted me. Um, it was on the app. It's locked. Um, yeah, so that was awesome. Um, I take back everything I said about Disney now. Wow, that was um, quick. so, I mean... Y- hey, Doza vaguely sounds like Mad Mickelson to you? No. Yeah, give him a listen. So that's one note I have. I'm gonna go ahead and just cross that out. This whole episode involves Kaz. This whole episode is the sequel to Tora saying... Like, hell yeah, these guys are trying to kill us. That's why we're doing so bad, because they're, we're racers and they're trying to kill us. The Aces, uh, does makes an executive decision, puts Giger in charge of the Aces, and has Kaz join them, because mm-hmm. they have combat experience, and so they're going to merge them two together. And so, as we, it's and as we know, um, Yeager has combat experience, because he was, right, in, he was in the Rebellion. Um, you don't see him in any of the movies or the TV shows, but he was a fighter pilot, um, they did that in, like, the comic, I guess, they brought him. Oh, I have heard, though, that they are going to, by the end of the season, um, bleach his beard and his hair, and that he will have been in the end of Return of the Jedi. 
Um, and then um, Kaz was in the first uh, was in the New Republic Navy. Um, right. So both of them have the flight experience. Um, and then only one member of the Aces, which is Griff, um, has any yeah. experience. Griff but or... I'm starting to think he's not very good because he just loses everything. Hmm. Um, yeah, him and Bo Keevil seem to alternate being the like butt of the joke in terms of aces. I did seem like I remember in season one, it seemed like Bo Keevil was constantly the first out. Uh-huh. But maybe I'm misremembering that. Um, but yeah, they get they get clowned pretty quick. Bo Keevil talking more than normal yeah. here, but his voice is not quite as Plocoon ish. Plocoon, the character from Clone Wars, who is the same species as it had been. It just sort of sounded like low and round, and it was kind of weird to me. He's like, "Hello, I'm Bo Keevil. This is why I sound like that." Or you know, stuck out, stuck out. I felt like it should have been more muffled, like it sounded like a mask or something. I don't know. Whatever, he's still got a cool ship. So this episode involves the Aces, Hype specifically, who is not a fan of being forced into a resistance or whatever in the combat, <clears throat> and having to having to gel, having to learn teamwork. And Pete, I gotta say, after watching this episode, sometimes I gotta think, is teamwork me? What do you mean? Is teamwork... Actually, kind of cool. Um, it makes the dream work. Um, and there's no uh, I in team. So, um, sure. Uh, but there is a me. While this is going on. <laughs> there is a me. Hype phase on. Yep. Killed it this episode. So, all right. So while these guys are doing that, also Tam is. Kind of. Oh in my parallel, gosh! Taking up flight Damn. training with the first oh. order in in chase. So oh, it's actually you're you're forgetting flight. a character. Um, chase? The when. Oh, the new. No, flight she's lady? not. Well, the lieutenant's new, but the other person they're right. running with. Do you know who she is? The person they're running. You know when with. they like run to the hangar and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna be late." No, I don't. She is that is um, um, Lynn Guava, awesome name. Um, the episode hmm. where they introduced Chase Rucklin, and he had his two people with him. Oh, she's one of her. She's cronies. one of his cronies, but the other one, um, the Nine Nub alien, I forget what his name is. Oh, um, his name's mm-hmm. Gorok Wiles. Um, he actually stayed, so both of them make appearances. Um, Gorok stayed on the Colossus, and she joined the First First Order with um, Jace. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, yes, we um, have um, Tam. She goes through her flight training, and we basically have a parallel episode of the Resistance mm-hmm. training and um, the First Order training. And you know, you just get a right. nice direct contrast of you know. Um, what their tactics are, how they train, and um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. The uh, we can say now, topmost amongst Tam's crimes in defecting to the First Order is uh, ruining, temporarily at least, Pete's bingo Raylo yeah. card. 
I believe you're the one who has Jace Ruckland gets irreparably clowned, yep. and he was well on his yep. way to being irreparably clowned, going to crash into a Star Destroyer when Tam intervened and said, no, Pete, no X for you. Josh is in the lead with two Xs. Isn't that neat? Even though they're not even in the same row or the same column, they will never connect even diagonally. Um, and so Tam seemingly is doing great. She's an excellent pilot. She's knocking out all these X-wing-shaped drones, mm-hmm. but she does step in and stop Jace Ruckland from exploding. And that is bad, and it's not the mission. So she gets in trouble, and she doesn't become squad leader because they don't like teamwork. But guess who does like teamwork? The Aces. Well, not all. And of them. isn't teamwork not me? all of them? Initially, yeah. initially, there's a couple that are like no, and that's mainly hype and hype's awesome new droid. Oh man, that, that droid, droid is Oof. awesome. That's um, ass. Yeah, Oof. that I. That whole, I can't wait until somebody makes a gif of that dro- that scene where the droid pi- dropping drops his the helmet. helmet and it's like, womp, 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 yeah. womp. Yeah. Now, had you had the bingo square, Griff Halloran gets irreparably clowned. I think that would have been an X right there. Yeah. Um, that droid clowned him to death. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Does it does it have a designation? Do it probably. Do I, um, yeah, I don't. It does. I'm. I don't have it up. This is a very, is like a hype and tam intensive episode. I think this is the like Kaz was like a sideline uh-huh. player in this episode. This is the least he's usually front and center. I mean, there's no issue with that it's a great cast, a lot of great characters. But I think this is the first time that he truly kind of took a, a backseat to the rest of the cast. Maybe in that eager episode where his brother comes through, but even then, I think Kaz was still, you know, primary mover and shaker. Whereas here, he's yeah. Takes a little bit of a backseat. Still, I mean, testament to the show that it can do that with its um, main character. And, it, you know, it's still bolstered by the supporting cast. I thought Dalphazon is still killing it as hype. The kiss, the Castastrophe, uh, really good. Castastrophe, yeah. what a nickname. There's a moment where he goes to the bar and he orders Onzi's spiciest drink. And she gives it to him on the house. And I thought that would be my bingo square, Hype Z, which is my shipping of... Aunt Z, is that her name? Uh-huh. You know, the bartender lady in Hype. I think they've got a connection. But then she's like, ah, it's water. I clowned you. We ain't got anything to drink. So, no extra me. A lot of close calls. I don't think either of us are marking anything off on no. our Halo cards this week. I don't think so. But a lot of close calls. They're flying around on an ice moon. They don't really say where they end up. They jump from Dakar at the end of last episode. Uh-huh. But then they're just kind of wherever. And they're like, oh, there's an ice moon nearby. We're going to use that to... To train, set your ships for stun. We're gonna do training runs as a um, They did name that monster. And, well, speaking of the monster, I was gonna get to that. They're flying around this ice moon. It's very nice, whatever. It's mostly clouds, but I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, yeah, there better be a freaking monster here. Five seconds later, that big giant tail. Yeah. Well, the scene where Yeager is overlooking the aces was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I thought all the ice stuff was. I thought the resistance was really well done. That animation, and then the first order stuff, you could take it or leave it. Like I didn't care. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, it's also, I mean, just par for the course with the Empire and the First Order. Their whole totalitarian, authoritarian aesthetic mm-hmm. is just not as interesting to look at. And this show. It really, this past episode really drove home just how great ships 
like spaceships and monsters look so good in this aesthetic and in this um I don't know, this style. And so when it's ships fighting monsters, it looks incredible. And I mean, the animation is always mm-hmm. good, but the reality is, by design of being villainous and, you know, conformity and stuff, the First Order is just not that fun to look mm-hmm. at. And the show, when it is spaceships and monsters, it's just a feast for the eyes. Uh, man, that monster and that spaceship, that looked really good. That looked really good. I was very into it. Very into the monster. You said yeah, so name. the monster is a... Um... Macquarie, sorry, Ralph Macquarie, Macquarie, Macquarie. Um, really? Yeah. Macquarie. And I'll have to dig through the. I have the art book of all his Lucasfilm stuff. I'll have to dig um, through that. It was based off an old design, and mm-hmm. its name um, eventually became Jakusk, which is a terrible name. Yeah, kind yeah. of sort of. The. Like, they're Stingray-like creatures in that episode of Clone Wars uh-huh. as well. In space. Yeah, this one was like a crab stingray. Jacoosed. Yeah. Um, it is a... I mean, it, it's a cool monster. Uh, yeah, um, I liked it. It really added some, like, kind of... It added an interaction for it. Like, I could take it or leave it. Um, I still enjoyed all of the Aces stuff. Um, well, we did get actual spoken dialogue from every Ace. Oh, yeah. We still are basically totally in the dark as to who they are. We do get Griff saying, you know, I was an Imperial. But, like, yeah, we saw your tattoos, bro. We and we all, and so. we've seen your Starfighter. You suck at it. <laughs> but like Bo and Fen, 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 Fen. Yeah. Who who knows? Who knows? They could be twins for all I know. We know nothing about them. But uh, and that is a that is a big. Oh, it's a uh, Freya Fenris. Yeah. Freya, there we go. Um. Yeah, hype's facial hair. Kind of want to talk about it. Is that that's not hair though, right? Because he's like a reptile guy. Or is it hair? But it doesn't look like hair. But then maybe it is. But when I look at it uh, and his beard, I automatically picture shaving it, and it makes me my stomach hurt. It makes mm-hmm. me feel bad. It doesn't look like hair. Uh, so we've got to talk about that, and we did. Cross that off the list. And then I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about his slang that he introduces. Mm-hmm. In Force Awakens, Han Solo calls Uncar Plot a move milker. For putting a compressor or whatever it is on uh-huh. the Falcon. And this hype drops Moof Brains. Yeah, what's a Moof? Moof Brains. Well, it is something with a brain that you can milk, Pete. Um, Maybe it's that thing in Last Jedi, but I know it's not. I have the Visual Dictionary. Don't email us. Or do. I Who do. Cares? I do. I don't email I us. I'm the, I'm the one that cares. <laughs> All right? Um... Yeah, got the monster. I, like I said, I have to DVR these mm-hmm. episodes now. So I do watch the commercials. I've, I've fast-forwarded through them, but their kids commercials are very aggressive. Um, Disney really shamelessly plugging Monday Night Football. Um, and they have this little commercial where it's two like little kid anchors interviewing a bunch of football players about why Monday Night Football is such a big deal. Curious interesting it's it's 
Like, they're like, what? Seth? What makes Monday Night Football such a big deal? And it's all this football like, oh, well, like, everybody's watching on Monday or whatever. Monday, it's just like a big deal. Well, apparently, Monday Night Football, um, I was talking to somebody that, like, has some knowledge of scheduling. Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. um, the NFL just doesn't really care. So, like, none of the good games are on Monday Night Football. Like, apparently, if you're a big-ticket game... You get put on at like five o'clock on Sunday or four o'clock on Sunday. That's like the main time. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, last thing I have here. Tam, like I said, she saves Jace Rockland from being a reprobate clown, and it is explained to her that the first order thrives by calling the weak. You know, Jace Rockland should have been allowed to crash and die. That's one less weak little clown. Not wrong. Not wrong. Sure. It's just interesting because it is, uh, for for an organization that is so modeled after the Empire, that specifically is essentially the exact opposite of the Imperial Mm -hmm. mentality, which is just sheer numbers, bad shots, whoever wants to sign up, taking all comers. So, So, they have learned something. Um, here, here, so here's a question to you, okay? We've seen, um, both First Order and Resistance. Who do you take in a dogfight between the two of them? Specifically the Aces? Yeah, so, like, the people that, the cadets that they're gonna go against, because that's, that's what the parallel is, right? Is, Uh... you know, she's gonna get deployed against, um the aces and her you know her friends yeah if it's specifically tam and her fellow trainees versus the aces i would go mm-hmm. the aces for sure um yeah i think they've learned they've learned a a practical lesson tam learned a philosophical yeah lesson. i would agree with that like at best which know. is it's so yeah it's I, interesting I, too because they're you know the season is making it like kaz versus tam this episode is like Mm -hmm. hype's journey versus tam's journey but it just doesn't like it doesn't see it seems like there's there's just a a a wide chasm of uh difference in in, in terms of experience and skill like tam went from being a mechanic that can fly to oh now she's the best in her group like eh, i don't know it doesn't really match up for me i mean i didn't have an issue with that but um i think yeah the first order is more stifling and and like more invested in beating people down fundamentally to their core not just as a pilot mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curious to see how that keeps going. And and you know, it's interesting because on the one hand, Tam does in this episode get the opportunity that she so desperately wanted since the first episode to to be able to fly, to be a pilot. And we do see that she's good at it, and she's great at it, and she has a knack for it. This is a skill set she has, and the first order is giving her the opportunity to use it. But then you also immediately see the price she has to pay for that. Uh, and it, it's thinking about it in a broader context. I think this episode comes across. At a good time in the mythos, if we're taking this chronologically, you know, from from Force Awakens ending and the onset of the Last Jedi, because so much of all that 
and even the finale of season one of Resistance is just the sheer might and the sheer number and firepower of the First Order. And, you know, they just blew up mm-hmm. five planets. And it's obvious it's, it's easy to think, like, oh, how are we ever going to win? But then in this episode, in a very small microcosmic way, you get sort of a, well, their philosophical backbone cannot hold. Yeah. Type of deal. You know, mm-hmm. it it works in sheer numbers. Yeah, okay, call the weak while you can, but that that's not mm-hmm. sustainable. You know, and you see, and whereas what you see the resistance, much scrappier, much less uh, powerful, less numbers, smaller guns, but they, you know, it's it's more it's with less. They have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So overall, I thought I thought this was a solid episode. I really love that monster. I really love the spaceships. Um, I feel like this, the aesthetic of this show, is like a bridge almost because it can do Star Wars stuff. Poe Dameron wears his X-Wing suit. It looks like the X-Wing suit in the movies. It looks good in this show and in this aesthetic. But I almost think that this aesthetic, the aesthetic of Resistance, opens up the palette of Star Wars and the visuals of Star Wars to things that would maybe look out of place within Star Wars. You know, it bridges a gap. Um, I don't know. The thing, the things that Resistance can pull off and introduce to Star Wars universe might be jarring if they were just dropped straight into a Star Wars movie. You know, it might be too much color and too big a crazy uh, weirdo mm-hmm. monster. But through the filter of Resistance, which I think still connects nicely to the basic Star Wars aesthetic, they're able to do cool things like that. So, and was my fanfiction great? And didn't next week's episode is titled. Hunt on Celsor Three. Um, the okay. pirates vol- the Predators pirates volunteer up, huh? to find food for the Colossus, but Kaz doesn't trust them. He and Tora go on the hunt, but run into big problems. I mean, look, it sounds like another monster to me. Hopefully, it's a predator. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's the predator. Yeah, that'd be tight. Disney owns Fox now, Pete. Disney owns Fox. Maybe it will be Prometheus. All right, and I'm just kidding. I know the creature from Prometheus is called. All right, Engineer. so from now on, follow us on Twitter, Po Boys Podcast. Um, do not email us ever again. Um, our e- Po Boys Podcast at gmail.com, baby. It's a dead. Thank you for emailing us, Sarah. It's I a hope dead you enjoyed email. the fanfiction. Never again. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll post the script to Untitled Raylo Project somewhere. Any, any of you Raylos out there know somewhere to post um, middling fanfiction online? Hit me up, and maybe I'll, I'll put it out there. And we're gonna—I'm gonna hit up that um, lady and see if she'll draw a picture of it for me. And you're welcome. And I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. You are welcome. The pleasure is all mine. And you're welcome. And thank you. <laughs>